0: Welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Gober. Hey, 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 what's going on, fam? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober. Man, man, I know, I know, I know. I say it all the time, but it's because all the time I mean it. What am I saying? I got a hot show for you today. Oh, man. This is, this is, I got, I got, I got fired up when I was going over the notes for this one, so... Uh, we got a great show today, so let's start with a word of prayer and get right into it. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that changes us and transforms us and shows us where we are and shows us where we need to go, and And it never condemns us, though it may convict us. It never condemns us, and, and it, it never has a design to make us feel bad about ourselves, but it does have the purpose of motivating us to change and make adjustments in our lives, and we so appreciate you and your word thank you for loving us enough to give us this word to give us your word to give us your voice to give us your wisdom to give us your insight into how we should live and how we should relate both to you and to others in the world thank you for making us a part of this amazing family thank you thank you thank you for forgiving us thank you for sending your son who died for us so we could have this awesome relationship with you father the creator of the universe now god i prepare myself to be used by you I decrease that you may increase. I declare that all of you will flow through all of me and no uh, weapon formed against this time shall prosper. We know this word is power packed with seed and revelation and understanding and change uh, for those who hear it. And so we declare every ear anointed to hear and every heart open to receive what the word shall be as it goes forth today. We thank you. We honor you. We praise you. We glorify you. we, We endeavor to put you first in our lives and do this thing the way you want us to do it we give your name the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus name amen boy if you can't tell your boy is fired up today I got a hot one for you today I got a hot one for you today today is today's podcast is called peace and confidence with God peace and confidence with God man you know there's so many people who feel that God is mad at them or God is angry with them or or they don't have any confidence to go to God because of their actions. Well, you know, man, I can't pray. I need I need somebody to get a prayer through, right? Uh, as if the prayer is going to be blocked by your actions, as though God is going to go, no, 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 I ain't listening to you today because you cussed that lady out on the on the freeway yesterday. So I'm not listening to your prayer, and that is so not how this thing works. Um, um, I heard a man of God say, and I agree that God is not mad at you. He's not even in a bad mood where you're concerned. He loves you. And if you don't know how much he loves you, go back and listen to the podcast, Love from the Top Down, because that, that podcast talks about how much God loves us, how much he loves you. Matter of fact, let's take a moment here and just Do this for me. Just kind of, hopefully, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Please don't do that. I don't have insurance on this podcast. (laughs) But if you're not driving, you're somewhere, just take a minute, close your eyes, take a deep breath, let it out, and say this. God loves me. Come on, let's do it one more time. Close your eyes, take a deep breath, let it out. And say it, God loves me. You point to yourself, God loves me. Because it's true, man. He loves you. He loves you. And his love doesn't have any conditions. His love doesn't have any strings attached. His love is unconditional. His love is not based on what we do. His love is based on who he is. All right, I did that podcast already. Take a listen to it. <laughs> I'm sure to bless your life. All right, peace and confidence with God. So I've got this broken down in sections today. I oftentimes break the notes down in sections for my own uh, edification, But I think I'm going to announce this, the sections for this particular podcast so you guys can kind of follow along with where we're going. If you're taking notes, I don't even know if people still take notes anymore. But if you're taking notes, I got a multi-generational audience. <laughs> if you're taking notes, you can kind of um, identify these sections. So the first section is called the separation. The separation. There was a separation that happened between God and mankind when Adam ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the the instructions that God gave, you can look this up in Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3, the instructions that God gave Adam was, you can eat from all of the trees of the garden except one. He didn't want him to eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, And he said that... In the day you eat of that fruit of that tree, you will surely die. Now, that die, that word die does not mean fall down dead. The word die literally means separation. So when we talk about physical death, that's the separation of the soul and the spirit from the body. Right? But he's not talking about spiritual. I mean, physical death. He's not saying if you eat of the fruit of the tree, you're going to drop dead. Because we know that didn't happen. So, what he's talking about is a spiritual death, which is a separation of God and man. God and man get separated if Adam was to eat of the fruit of the tree. Well, we know he ate of the fruit of the tree. Okay, and again, that's in Genesis 2 and 3. Uh, you can read up on that. And we know that there were consequences for that, for both Adam and for Eve and for the serpent. Okay, so I want to go, I want to start at Romans chapter 5, where. Paul kind of gives a summary of what what happened. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. And again, the title of this section is called the separation. Okay? Romans 5 and 12. I'm reading from the New King James translation. It says, "Therefore, just as though, I'm sorry, therefore just as through how am I doing today? <laughs> therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. I'm going to read that again. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Now you may have a question. How can Paul say all sin? It was just Adam. I wasn't there my daddy wasn't there, my great-grand, you know, all of the generations of mankind. How can you say all sinned and it was just one man? Because, well, let's read the Living Bible translation. Romans 5 and 12 out of the Living Bible says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. That's The answer to the question, how can you say because all sin? Because the entire human race was in Adam. The seed of the entire human race was in Adam. So when Adam sinned, all mankind sinned. And so when Adam got separated from God, all mankind got separated from God. Right? Let me read the rest of it. His sin spread death throughout all the world. So everything began to grow old and die for all sinned. Now, it's interesting that mankind in the original model wasn't designed to die. He was designed to live forever. And and it's been said by some scholars that... Uh, um, some people in the medical field still really don't know why people die because the human body is designed to regenerate itself. Now, we understand, you know, you eat certain foods, you get exposed to certain chemicals things of this nature, that the cells don't regenerate, okay? But the original model of man, the cells, everything was built to regenerate itself. You know, if you skin your finger, you cut yourself, that those cells, those skin cells begin to regenerate. You get a scab on the thing, and up underneath the scab, the skin is regenerating. Eventually, the scab falls off, and the skin has returned. It's not magic. That's how the body was built. But when sin entered, right? When sin entered, it says everything began to grow old and die because sin brings death, right? Death comes through sin. And once sin is in place, now death is in place, and all of mankind now is separated from God because of one man's sin. Boy, that's deep, isn't it? Now listen, listen, I don't know if I'm going to be there when you get there. I might get there before you. I might get there after you. But if you get to heaven before I do, don't beat up Adam. I can imagine, as the old folks say in my sanctified imagination, that there's you know there's a line of people to see Jesus, there's a line of people to see Peter, there's a line of people to see Paul, you know everybody's seeing their relatives, and then there's this long <laughs> line that wraps around heaven, and somebody said, what that line what's that line? That's the line for everybody to see Adam, <laughs> man, this is all your fault, I know. I know I've been hearing it for eternity. (laughs) I've been hearing it since I got here. (laughs) Don't beat up Adam, okay? Because everybody's, you know, just don't. Don't beat up Adam, all right? (laughs) Okay. Now, we're staying with the separation. I want to stay in Romans chapter 5, and I want to jump down from verse 12 down to verse 14. Romans chapter 5, verse 14. All right. And this kind of, you know, continues on with the thought that Paul was having about Adam. So Romans 5, 14 says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. The him being Jesus. Right. I'm going to read this again. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. So he's basically saying, even though we weren't there and we didn't eat of the fruit of the tree, again, we were all in Adam. And so death now, because sin entered... Uh, uh, sin was a gateway to death and death entered through sin death now reigned in the world from Adam to Moses what stopped death from reigning well at Moses the law was instituted and now even though Paul talks about how sin increased because of the law sin didn't increase people saw sin more when they when they looked at that well, maybe we'll maybe, maybe we'll do a a teaching on sin and the law and and sin increasing and that type of thing, because it can be a little confusing if you don't really uh, rightly divide the word on that, all right? So, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression. So, even though Jeremiah didn't do what Adam did, Jeremiah was still in the sin category, the sinner category. Even though Abraham wasn't there When Adam did what he did, Abraham was still in the sinner category because Abraham and Elijah and Jeremiah and everyone on the planet, Noah, was in Adam. And because mankind was in Adam, and I know I've said this a couple of times, because mankind was in Adam, all mankind fell into the category of sinner, okay? Because the nature now of mankind was sin nature. Mankind had the sin nature, once Adam sinned. Okay, and a little side thing: when, when oftentimes when the Bible talks about a sinner, they're not talking about the actions; they're talking about the nature. So Paul oftentimes in the New Testament differentiates. Well, he goes back and forth between sin the action and sin the nature. So when Adam did sin the action. It created sin, the nature, in all mankind, right? So now, you know, David says in one of the Psalms, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, right? He was born a sinner by nature. That's why if you want to have a relationship with God, you have to get born again, Right, and so now your spirit man gets reborn, and your nature changes, and you go from sin nature to righteousness nature. Okay, and you know I don't want to get too deep with that because that's a whole nother podcast. But we, uh, yeah, let me let me let me just leave that right there <laughs> because I see a rabbit trail, and if I'm not careful, I'll run down it. And I don't want to do that. Uh, uh, yeah, we don't want to do that. Okay, <laughs> so let's look at Romans five and fourteen. And I want to read this from the message translation. Now again, we're just laying down foundation. This is the separation. How man and God got separated, right? Romans 5 and 14 in the message translation says, So death, this huge abyss separating us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did by disobeying a specific command of God still had to experience this termination of life, this separation from God. Now, I hear you, I hear you. and I, and I, I don't necessarily agree. Uh, disagree with you. that you, some of you are saying that's not fair. I wasn't even there and I got put into the place of sinner. That's not fair. Adam put me here. I didn't put myself here and boy, boy, you're right. But God ah, am I gonna get to this? I, I don't yeah, I think I am, but 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 yeah. Oh ah, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> because when it wasn't fair that we got what Adam gave us, it was also not fair that we got what Jesus gave us. And what Jesus gave us was a way to reconnect with God. And it wasn't fair because we didn't do anything to to, to earn being. We didn't do anything to qualify for what Jesus gave us. We didn't do anything to qualify with, with what Adam gave us. And we didn't do anything to qualify for what Jesus gave us. That's why Jesus is called the last Adam. The last Adam, the first Adam gave us death, shabotosha. But the last Adam gave us life. The first Adam gave us separation, and the last Adam gave us reconnection. Redemption, that's good. The first Adam gave us death. The last Adam gave us righteous, uh, gave us uh, life. Right. So so. It wasn't fair on Adam's side, and it's not fair on Jesus' side. But aren't you glad we didn't get what we deserved when Jesus came on the scene? Amen. 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 I guess that's what was in me. There's more in me, but but I can't. I can't. I got to move on. Boy, this is good. I told you it was a good one. I told you it was a good one. What? Come on now. All right. So what we looked at in these two verses of Scripture, Romans 5 and 12, And Romans 5 and 14 are the basis for how man got separated from God. I want to read Romans 5 and 14 out of the message translation one more time. The message translation says, So death, this huge abyss separating us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did by disobeying a specific command of God still had to experience this termination of life this separation from God all right remember we said death means separation so man got separated man died man got separated from God when Adam sinned all right so that's that's the separation now the next section is known as I call the proclamation because as we move now through the Old Testament, there's a voice that begins to emerge from various prophets about somebody who's coming, right? And and probably the most uh, well-known prophet to this point would be Isaiah. Isaiah prophesies I think I think uh, my scholars can can correct me on this. I think 700 years before the birth of Jesus Isaiah prophesies about uh, 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 The virgin shall be with child and and um, And the government will be up on his shoulders and they will call him wonderful counselor mighty God Prince of Peace uh, Everlasting Father right and so I think that's in Isaiah chapter 9 and, and so Isaiah makes a proclamation of someone who's coming. And we know John the Baptist, when he was baptizing people in the River Jordan, he talked about there's one coming whose shoes I can't even lace up, right? So there's, there's, there's been a proclamation throughout the, the scriptures. And one particular proclamation that's connected to our podcast for today, Peace and Confidence with God, is found in Isaiah 53 and 5. Isaiah 53 and 5. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. I'm going to read the whole, well, yeah, let me read Isaiah 53 and 5. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, uh, we always like to hurry up when, when, when I've heard that Scripture preached or taught even myself to a certain degree we always like to hurry up and get to the by his stripes we are healed part okay little side lesson here the stripes that he's talking about here are the 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 wounds that came from when jesus was whipped and every time he was whipped he was whipped, whipped with something called a cat of nine tails and they, it was a leather strap and wrapped up in the strap were pieces of metal, pieces of rock and stone, right, wrapped around the end. And when they would hit him, anytime they would whip you, when that the end of that whip would strike your back, it would tear skin off the back. And so the, the common whipping was, they called it 39 stripes, right, or four score stripes minus one right? So 39 stripes. Now here's what's something I heard that was interesting. I don't know how true it is. So this is one of those cliff one and one. I mean, you can take it or not, take it or leave it. But But I heard a Jewish scholar say that there are 39, that every disease known to the world is broken down into one of 39 categories. That every disease falls into one of 39 categories. And so for each stripe that Jesus was struck with, It represented a category of disease. So he says, by his stripes, we were healed. Okay. So we exchanged our sickness for his healing and when he was whipped. All right. So everybody loves to get to by his stripes, we were healed. It's cool. Peter even references it. He says, by his stripes, we were healed. That's great. That's awesome. But I want to focus in on the part of the verse right before that. And this is the one we kind of run past. You know, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his strife. I've, I've heard it a thousand times if I've heard it once. Ministers just run past this. But I want to put a stop sign right here. And look at that phrase. The chastisement of our peace was upon him now the amplified translation says the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him the chast the punishment for our peace right he was chastised so we could have peace right he was wounded because of our transgressions he was bruised because of our in- our iniquities And the price for our peace was his chastisement. Now, this is Isaiah proclaiming something that was to come. What was to come? There was a person coming who was going to pay for mankind's peace with God through his chastisement. And we know that that man is Jesus. So Jesus exchanged punishment for peace. He exchanged punishment for peace. He exchanged punishment for peace. We were supposed to get the punishment. He was declared the Prince of Peace. But on that cross, well, when he was whipped, he exchanged his peace for our punishment. He took our punishment so we could have his peace. And specifically, so we could have peace with God. Man, that's why Jesus is so awesome. That's why we can't stop talking about Jesus and preaching about Jesus and teaching about Jesus because Jesus was the game changer. He was the one who, it wasn't fair that he had to take our chastisement, it wasn't fair that he had to give us his peace. Just like it wasn't fair that we had to take on Adam's sin. We weren't there when Adam sinned and we weren't there when Jesus was chastised. And yet the peace that he had, now we have. I think in one of the the gospels he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I leave with you. My peace I leave with you. And I'm able to leave you my peace when I take on your punishment, man, man, if you, if you meditate on that long enough, man, worship is easy. You don't need an organ. You don't need a praise and worship team. All you need is an understanding that he took my punishment so I could have his peace. Wow. Wow. Sila. Pause and let's think about that my punishment for his peace, an unfair exchange, an unfair exchange. But we got the benefit of this unfair exchange. Ah, God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. All right, let's move on. Ah, God, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my punishment so I can have God's peace. See, this is why we can't get caught up in God's mad at me. God's wrath is going to come upon me because I didn't fast last month. Stop it. God's mad at me because I didn't tithe last week. God's mad at me because I smoked that blunt. And I said I wasn't going to do it. And one more time, has been one more time. And I know God's not pleased with me. I just want to be worthy, Lord. I want you to be pleased with me. Stop it. Stop it. I know. I know. and and, And I don't mean to disrespect anybody. And I know oftentimes that type of sentiment comes from the heart. But it's not in line with what God did to make sure that he had peace with God and man. Jesus took our punishment. So we could have his peace. So receive that peace by faith. Come on, say that with me. I receive the peace of Jesus. Let's say it again. I receive the peace of Jesus. One more time. I receive the peace of Jesus. It's already paid for. He paid for it with his chastisement, with his punishment. Amen. Okay. All right, we're still in the proclamation. I mentioned a couple of different proclamations, but I this one particular one I want to look at Luke chapter 2. Uh Yeah, Luke chapter 2 and uh I want to look at verses 10 through 14. Luke chapter 2 verses 10 through 14. And the backstory story here is, this is what we would call the Christmas story, right? The angels were out, I mean the, the angels, the shepherds were out, were out in the field tending their flock and an angel appeared, right? Kind of freaked them out a little bit. And so we pick up on Luke chapter 2 verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, here we go, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace goodwill towards men. So the peace offering, yeah, I believe there was that in the in the Old Testament. There was a sin offering, and I believe there was a peace offering. And the peace offering the angels have proclam- uh, proclaimed here had come to earth. And with that peace offering, peace now made its way to the earth. Now, it hadn't been established yet, because we see Jesus, the chastisement of our peace was upon Jesus's back. Okay, um, so it hadn't manifested itself; we it hadn't been made available to mankind yet, but it had arrived on the earth. On earth, peace. I think the traditional King James says, "Peace on earth, goodwill towards men." Right peace on earth why is peace on earth because now the savior Christ the lord has been born right all of the christmas songs right christ uh, the savior is born right okay um yeah uh, i don't i don't i don't know when it comes time to sing and i'm on this podcast i just can't remember words <laughs> I mentioned that in a couple of podcasts earlier that I couldn't remember the words to a particular hymn, and you know I sent my dad some CDs uh, of the podcast because my dad doesn't do cell phone stuff, right? And he calls me and he gives me the lyrics to the song. I'm like, thanks, Pop, I appreciate that. (laughs) Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born, and when He was born, peace came to earth, and goodwill towards men alright so that's the proclamation Uh, the proclamation of uh, Jesus took our punishment and gave us his peace and the proclamation that now once he was born peace came to earth All right. so knowing what we know we're gonna move on to the next section which is just one scripture John chapter 19 verse 30 and I'm calling this section the sacrifice so we started with the separation we move to the proclamation and now we're looking at the sacrifice and so John 19 and 30 says when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar now this is Jesus on the cross he's crucified he's, he's in the process of crucifixion which was such a cruel cruel way to execute uh, people um and he's on the he's on the cross he'd been there for a while and he said I thirst and they gave him uh uh vinegar to drink so here's john 19 and 30 when jesus therefore had received the vinegar he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost he said it is finished and he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost meaning now he has physically died it is finished So the question is, what was finished? Which is our next section. What was finished? Well, let's go to Colossians chapter two, verses 13 and 14 for the answer to that question. Colossians chapter two, verses 13 and 14. So the question is, what was finished when Jesus said it is finished? And you've heard ministers talk about the finished works of Jesus right? Well what was finished? So Colossians 2: 13 and 14 says, "And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, remember that's we got that way because of Adam. You, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him. Now that word quicken means make alive, right? So we go from being dead, separated to being alive, connected. Right? You being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. That's verse 13. Verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Okay. So when Jesus was on the cross... And he said, it is finished. And he gave up his life. At that moment, the the, the availability of going from death to life was created. The bridge from death to life, spiritually, the bridge from spiritual death to spiritual life had been created. Because Jesus now was not only the peace offering, he was also now the sin offering. And in the Old Testament, the sin offering was the animal, was a lamb, usually a lamb or a bull or a goat. I think the sin, yeah, the sin offering oftentimes was a lamb. And it was an innocent lamb. We're going to go with lamb and you'll know why here in a minute. An innocent lamb was killed. And that lamb now was the sin offering for the sins of the people. And so the sin of the people was put on the lamb. Now, they also had a goat that the the priest would lay his hands on the goat and, and speak of the sins of the people and send the goat off into the wilderness. And that goat was called the scapegoat. Yes, that's where we get that name. The scapegoat took the sins of the people away ceremoniously as the as the as the priest laid his hands on the goat proclaimed the sins of the people and sent the goat into the wilderness the sins of the people were ceremoniously taking taken away by the scapegoat and then you had the sin offering The, the the lamb was was killed sacrificed the blood was put on the places on the mercy seat uh inside the tabernacle and the, the blood now, because in Leviticus, he says life is in the blood. So a life now is exchanged for a life because the, the wages of sin is death, right? The price for sin is death. So something has to die when sin is committed. In the Old Testament, they took the lamb and the lamb was sacrificed for the sins of the people. This is why John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, because Jesus was going to be the sin offering now for all of mankind. And in Hebrews, it talks about how he was sacrificed. He was desacrificed one time for all. I think it's one time for all. And, And that can be interpreted one time for all time and one time for all people. So Jesus now, when he hung on the cross and he said, it is finished, and he gave his life, he was now the sacrifice for sins. He was the sin offering. And now through him... All of our trespasses, all of our sins can be forgiven. Now, it takes, you got to receive the package in order to take advantage of the benefits. He died for all. He was the sacrifice for all sins of all mankind. But we have to receive him by faith as Savior in order to get the benefits of our sins being forgiven when his blood was shed and his life was sacrificed. Now, in verse 14, he says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Here he's making reference to the law of Moses. And the law of Moses was against the people uh, because it, it gave them a sin consciousness. And it made them conscious of sin. It it The law was not designed to change them. The law was designed to show them they can't live this thing on their own. They need a savior. That was that was the purpose of the law. And, and Paul talks about in Romans, when I saw the law, when the law was in place, sin increased. I think I mentioned that earlier. Well, like I said, sin didn't increase, but sin became more evident with every time they look. Man, that's a sin. That's a sin. That's a sin. That's a sin. Thing. that's a sin. Man, everything. It seemed like everything I do is a sin, right? That was the purpose. To bring them to a place where they would say, I need God. I need a Savior. Right? And so sin consciousness now eventually uh, turned into, you know, when you have the bike. And I don't, I don't want to go too deep into this. But if you got a bike with training wheels, when the bike is brand new and the training wheels are put on the bike, those training wheels help balance the bike so that the child who's learning how to ride doesn't tip over and fall. So the training wheels have value. But as time goes on, the the the, the wheels, because I think they're made of plastic, those wheels begin to wear down. And now the bike gets wobbly. And what was once beneficial now becomes a hindrance. And this is what happened with sin consciousness. Originally. Sin conscious was beneficial because the people needed to know what sin was. And there couldn't be, the Bible says, there can be no trespass without uh, a law, right? So God needed them to know what sin was. So at that particular time, sin consciousness had value, just like the brand new training wheels. But eventually, sin consciousness turned into the wobbly bike, because the training wheels didn't have any value anymore because now all people are paying attention to is sin consciousness and God had to flip the thing, take the training wheels off, and now Jesus comes along and now we're able to ride the bike without the training wheels. Meaning now our sins are forgiven through his sacrifice on the cross. All right. Now I want to read the, I hope that was I hope that didn't, get, didn't confuse anybody, but you know, just listen to the podcast again and you'll get it. <laughs> Okay. Now, I want to read Colossians 2:13 through 14 and I and I got to stay in my lane here. The Holy Spirit is kind of, you know, bumping me back and keeping me on on point here. So, going forward, I think we're going to, we're going to just stay on point. Um but you know, he that has an ear let him hear. All right. So, I want to read Colossians 2:13 through 14 through a translation called the Passion Translation. It says verse 13, this realm of death describes our former state for we were held in sin's grasp but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death never to return for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins he canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us the law he erased it all all our sins our stained soul he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved i'm going to say that again he erased it all our sins our stained soul he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved Everything we want, I'm still reading. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. My God. I got to read it again. Verse 14. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. See, when we die and go to heaven, there's not going to be some big movie screen that's going to play back all of our sins. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he canceled it out. This is what it is finished means, fam. He erased it all he erased our sins he erased our stained soul he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved everything we once were in adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation the debt of sin was paid on the cross when Jesus said it is finished I know go ahead and shout go ahead and shout go ahead and shout go ahead and shout go ahead and praise him go ahead and praise him the debt has been paid so from God's perspective sin has been taken care of now does that say I can go sin and do whatever I want to? No, no. And Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 6. How, why some, why would somebody who has been brought into the light want to go back to darkness? Why would you do that? Why would you go back to prison when you've been set free? Man, I'm gonna go back to prison. That prison food is pretty good, man. Three hots in a cot. I'm going back to prison. You've been set free. You've been set free. From the jail, from the prison of sin, you've been set free. It's been erased by the blood of Jesus. That's a description. That's one of the best descriptions I've ever read of the finished works of Jesus. Now, there's healing that comes, prosperity that comes, deliverance that comes, you know, renewed. Mind. All of that stuff comes with it. Redemption, we've been declared righteous and in right standing with God. All of that is under the package of it is finish we have access to that because of what Jesus did on the cross all right who man that's some good stuff right there that's y'all with me y'all with me y'all be good I know if you're driving please don't hit nobody when you're listening to this <laughs> I told you the word experience podcast has no insurance <laughs> so please be careful but good because this is I know man it's it's exciting it, it's really really exciting. All right, so what are we to say about all of this? What are we to conclude? I mean, there's the conclusion of the debt has been paid, but what else came with this? And this is, you know, now we're focusing in on the specifics of our show for today. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Now there's a word that Paul uses here called justified or justification. And I think I alluded to it a minute ago. To be justified simply means we've been declared righteous. And what righteous means is we're in right standing with God. And so when we've been justified, we've been put in right standing with God, not based on what we do, but based on what Jesus did on the cross and our faith in what was finished. Okay, our faith in bringing him into our lives as Lord and Savior. All right. So so we've been justified. Now, another word for justified is acquitted, which kind of leans to connects to what we just read uh, in Colossians in that translator. We've been acquitted. We were guilty. We were guilty because of Adam. Right. That's what we talked about at the very beginning of the show. We were guilty because of Adam. But because of Jesus, we are now not guilty. We've been acquitted. We've been justified. We've been declared righteous. We are now, as believers, born-again believers, in right standing with God. And if you're not born again, all you gotta do is ask Jesus to come into your heart, receive the package of forgiveness of sins, and walk into the family of God, and without ever doing any righteous thing, God sees you as righteous god sees you as justified all right so romans five and one then says therefore so how, how's that for a sweat segue therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ having been justified having been acquitted by our faith in jesus right by our faith in it is finished we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when the angel said peace on earth, we weren't able to take advantage of the peace on earth until Jesus said it is finished. We hear the good news about what Jesus says. That word good news means uh, is, is where we get the word Gospel. We hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hear the good news about what it means to, that it is finished. We put our faith, trust, and confidence and belief in what was finished. We ask Jesus to be our Savior and Lord. Right? And, w- and the Bible says in Romans 10, when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead then we will be saved. And once we are saved, we are justified. And once we are justified, now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And God ain't even in a bad mood where you're concerned. Now, does that mean keep sinning? No. Sin may not damage your righteousness, but it will damage your life. It may not damage the horizontal, the vertical relationship, but it will do great damage to horizontal relationship. You go ahead and sleep with that that, that 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 man's wife if you want to you go ahead and continue to get high and get drunk you go ahead and continue to use foul language everywhere you go you go ahead and continue to be lascivious it's going to wreck your life and the thing is once we get born again like for real for real born again And not just say the empty words. Once we get born again, the spirit of God moves in on the inside of us. The love of God is poured in on the inside of us. And now when I try to do that stuff, I still may do it because I got an old mindset. But it don't feel right. The high don't feel like it used to feel. I feel guilty now. Now I feel convicted. Uh, I really didn't want to have sex. Why did I do that? I really didn't want to get drunk. Why did I do that? I really didn't want to cuss them out, but they made me so mad and I lost my temper. I really didn't want to steal that thing from the from the from the business office. I really didn't want to cut corners on my taxes. Why did I do that? Uh, where once before you did it and it was fine. Yeah, yeah. She wanted she wanted to have sex. Let's hit it. He want to get with me? I know he got a wife, but hey, hey, I don't mind being a side piece. See, before you got born again, there was no problem. There was no conviction. There was no nothing. Maybe if you were raised right and, you you know, you, you had certain morals growing up, it might affect you. But hey, psst, whatever, man, because you were what Paul calls a slave to sin, Right? Uh, he called it, what he said, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. And Ephesians, he talks about what we used to be. We were dead in our sins. We were children of disobedience in Ephesians uh, 2, I believe. And then he talks about now we're not that anymore, right? And so we've been justified as born-again believers and because we're justified, we have peace with God. Okay, now I want to read this from the Amplified. Let me stay on task because we're getting kind of, long here uh the amplified says uh you know what yeah i yeah i i, I explained that already acquitted it righteous and given the right standing with god okay so let me read this out of the passion translation the passion translation says our faith in jesus transfers god's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. This is why Jesus is our champion, man. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and now he declares us flawless in his eyes. God doesn't see us the way he's, we see ourselves. Well, you know, the Bible says that our righteousness is just filthy rags. But we're not talking about our righteousness. We're talking about the righteousness of God. And he sees me flawless through in his eyes because he sees me through the blood of Jesus. You know, we have these things called rose-colored glasses. And when you put them on, it makes everything look better right? Well, well, God sees us through blood colored eyes. And when he sees us through the blood of Jesus, we all look better. We all look flawless. We all look sinless because the blood paid for our sins. Stop treating yourself as if you are still unrighteous. You are not unrighteous. If you're born again, you are in right standing with God. If you are born again, you are in right standing with God. Sin, don't sin, whole lot of sin, little bitty sin, big sin, small sin. That does not damage your righteousness if you are born again. Not because our righteousness is not based on what we do. Our righteousness is based on what Jesus did and our faith in him. I'm going to read it one more time. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. That's it, man. That's it. We got peace with God. We have peace with God. We have peace with God. All right, let's look at confidence right quick and then I'm gonna wrap it up. Confidence towards God, Ephesians 3 and 11, verse uh, Ephesians 3, verse 11 and 12. I, always, I almost wanna just drop the mic right on that. We have peace with God. You know, I, I may make a big push for this podcast because I think this is this is really, really important. So if you get a text from me or whatever, if you're listening to this because you got a text from me or I was bugging you about this, now you see why I was bugging you, right? Okay. Let's finish with this. Ephesians 3, 11 through 12. This speaks to our confidence towards God. Verse 11 says, According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. The Living Bible says, Now we can come fearlessly right into God's presence, assured of His glad welcome when we come with Christ and trust in Him. Again, we don't have to go to somebody else to get a prayer through. If I'm born again, I can come right to Him. Through Jesus, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom, in Christ Jesus our Lord, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. That's why when we oftentimes pray as Christians, we end the prayer with in Jesus' name. It's in G that word name means authority. So we're coming in Jesus' authority, and because we're coming in Jesus' authority, we can come with boldness, uh, as Hebrews four says. We can come with boldness to the throne of grace, and find um, grace and, mer- and 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 uh, uh, help in grace. Uh, <laughs> grace to help in a time of need, mercy and grace to help in a time of need. I believe is is how it reads. You can read it. Hebrews four fifteen. You read it yourself. I'm, I got nothing left. <laughs> Fam, y'all getting this? Did you get this? Did you get this today? I wish I could just like go back over it. I wish I could just go to everybody I know and share this with you. But I can't because I got to go. All right. Thank you for listening. This has been awesome. You guys have been wonderful. Listen, listen to this. Share it with other people. uh, Talk about it. Listen to it over and over again. Get this in your spirit so you can know that you have peace with God and you have confidence towards God because of what Jesus did. I'm out. i see you next time. I love you. God bless you. And we'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalks63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks63 at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.